0: Welcome to season six of Good Story. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. We are each one of us smack dab in the middle of multiple stories. I don't know all of yours. You don't know all of mine. But you want to know what really bothers me sometimes? When I don't know all of mine. You know what I mean? Like I can't control the narrative. We are all living out lives with some sort of rhythm and pattern, we have a calendar we have ideas, we make plans, we wake up, we get up, and we go about our day. And then when something disturbs our patterns or our plans, we feel at best disconcerted, thrown off, maybe uncomfortable, and at worst, paralyzed, frightened, panicked. Why is that? I believe We react in the midst of the unknown or change because it's a reminder to us that we are not in control and we don't like that. Let me repeat that. (laughs) We react in the middle of the unknown or change because it's a reminder to us that we are not in control and we don't like that. I remember one day when our son Timothy was young, still in a car seat, and I hopped in our green woody town and country van and planned on meeting a friend for lunch. We were one road away. I could see the destination up to my left, the destination. It sounds so fancy that way. I could see the destination up to my left. I stopped in the left turn lane with my blinker on and was waiting for the light to change. It was red. I was telling Timothy that we're almost there and I was talking about how much fun we were going to have. And then the next thing I know, I heard a horrible crash and my head lurched forward and Timothy started to cry, albeit very briefly, before he asked, why did someone just hit our car as hard as they could? Which I thought was the perfect question in this scenario. And not just because he was my brilliant son. Yeah, why did someone just hit our car as hard as they possibly could? I intended to find out. I got out of my car, and the woman behind me had gotten out of hers, and she was so apologetic. I don't know what I was thinking, she said. I was driving along. I saw the main light turn green, and I didn't even slow down. I just was assuming that the turning light was green, too. It wasn't, though for a fact, and she said, and I just full speed just ran right into you. I am so sorry. And so, just like that, our afternoon, instead of being filled with lunch and fun, was filled with a bag of old goldfish crackers, police reports, and insurance calls. A nuisance, yes. A disappointment, yes. A reminder that we are not in control and we don't like that. (laughs) I remember this hitting me hard when our kids were little, over and over and over again. We'd make plans to go somewhere for Christmas, and the kids would get sick. We'd make plans to go out to eat, visit a friend, whatever, and inevitably, our plans had to change because one of our four kids would need us for some reason, so we'd have to call and we'd have to cancel. I remember one weekend vividly, Kenny had gone with the junior high kids on an overnight retreat. At this point, I was only going on senior high retreats just so that we weren't both gone all of the time, so I had stayed home with the kids. Anyway, one or some of our kids were sick, so all of the plans that I thought would work out to make the weekend fun and fast didn't work out at all. By Sunday afternoon, my loss of control feelings were gaining momentum. I don't remember consciously thinking this, but my actions spoke loudly. I went to the basement of our built of the year 1900 home. The basement was scary. It's not now. It was scary then. And I went to the back room, the room where the previous owner, had built himself a little wood shelf, kind of a workspace, not a wood shelf. It, there was a wood shelf, but it was a workspace for doing woodworking. That's what I wanna say, for word woodworking. In this workspace was a homemade shelf with homemade drawers. On the wall in the space was faded out pegboard in the shapes of tools of the past. I went to this room, I removed a drawer and I brought it upstairs. I laid it out on the kitchen table and I called for the kids. Hey kids, come on down. I told them all, get in the car, get in the car. We're gonna go to Sherwin Williams. Incidentally, it wasn't until I was 30 that I didn't call it Sherman Williams. I've been talking with a friend and I heard she was talking about getting some paint and she was talking about Sherwin Williams. And in my head I was like, oh ha, ha, ha. she's saying Sherwin. And sure enough, the next time I drove by the store, I took a look at the sign, and I was like, "Oh, ha ha, ha. I was saying Sherman. So I told the kids we were going to Sherwin Williams, and asked them to get in the car. I figured they are healthy enough. We'll be in and out of the store in minutes, and off we went. We got there, parked right in the front, and I beelined to the paint sample wall. I love paint sample walls. It always feels so exciting to me. It's full of possibilities and projects. I knew a color was going to speak to me, so I let my gaze wander down the straight lines of deepening shades of color, all the pinks turning to red, and the greens ranging from a pale pastel to a bright Kelly green, the yellows transitioning from fluffy chick yellow to shining sun. I perused those more for my enjoyment and sense of giving them all a fair shake before I traveled to the rose of blue, where I knew there was some hue waiting to grab my attention. And sure enough, somewhere between robin's egg and electric, China Sea Blue called my name. I grabbed a can of paint and asked for it to be mixed and stirred. I looked through children's room wallpaper books to keep my kids occupied, and after paying my bill and grabbing my stir stick, I was on my way. What is it about getting a stir stick? I'm like, I got this for free. I don't know. I love getting stir sticks with my paint. The kids piled in the back of the van. Then when we got home, they ran out of the van, and they ran up to their rooms to get their pajamas on. I'd promised them something special, like a treat or a snack or something exciting, if they did it really fast, and they did. While they were doing that, I grabbed old newspapers and put them down in my family room. I cracked a window open, and I got the drawer from the basement I had retrieved earlier. I set it in the middle of the paper, put my paint can down, and ran upstairs to give the snack, then encourage the toothbrushing. I read a story, I sang songs, I said prayers, and... I got the heck back downstairs as fast as I could, and I did. I turned on the TV, and I watched whatever I wanted to. I opened the paint, stirring it slowly with the paint stick, admiring the swirls. I love that moment. I really do. I took my brush, and I started transforming this old workroom drawer into a modern-day shelf. I finished it. And it felt great. I had that shelf for years. I hung it up on the front entry wall, trading out the things that were in it to match the seasons. It was so dorky. But it felt great then. But I was done too soon. So I grabbed a lamp that I had had for quite a while and didn't really know what to do with it. So I laid down some more newspaper and decided to paint it China Sea blue too. I found another shelf. I got more paper, and I painted that. I painted a napkin holder, and then I found a crate and painted those as well. I sat back on my heels and admired my work, glancing up at the TV to see what I was missing when I heard the back door open. I heard Kenny drop his duffel bag on the kitchen floor. And before I knew it, he was standing in the doorway. I can't quite describe the look that was on his face. He wasn't disgusted. He wasn't surprised. (laughs) He wasn't necessarily impressed. I would say he was mostly questioning. I followed his eyes as he looked at the drawer and then the shelf and then the lamp and the napkin holder and the crate. He looked at me and said, "What? Where were these things?" I told him about the drawer. Apparently, he had been thinking we could put things in that drawer. Who knew? Not me. We never had that discussion, which honestly, as I think of it now, it's probably a discussion you don't need to have. So do you think we should be putting things in this drawer or should we just take it out and hang it on the wall? What do you think? Let's let's think about that. Nope. And it's China Sea Blue. It's a shelf now. (laughs) I told him about the weekend. I told him about everything that I had planned that was canceled. And I looked at him and I said, nobody can cancel this. You can't take this away from me. These things are here to stay China Sea Blue until I want it otherwise. I think of that day often, actually. I sometimes have to pause and say, hmm, is this your new China Sea Blue? I honestly think that's why things like playing video games or something is so addictive. Everything else might be going crazy around us, but man, if I can log into Animal Crossing and sell a few fish, maybe for a moment I can think things might be okay. But may I suggest an alternative that I have found to be both fascinating and freeing? I said earlier that we react in the midst of the unknown or change because it's a reminder to us that we are not in control. What if our reaction, we're all reacting, what if our reaction, instead of finding something we can control and doing that, was instead surrendering the idea that we ever had control in the first place? What if? Let me repeat that. What if... In the midst of the unknown or change, our reaction isn't finding something we can control, but is instead surrendering the idea that we ever had control in the first place. Now, I am not saying in the midst of crazy that we don't maintain routine, that we don't keep moving forward in the things that we know to be true. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if we're reacting in a way that we're just kind of grasping and grabbing and not surrendering or relinquishing, we might miss the mark. This idea of surrendering is, is interesting. Some people think of it as giving up. Oh, I surrender. But by definition, it's more of a giving to To surrender is to relinquish possession or control of something to another. To give up in favor of another. To give up voluntarily to another. And the last one, to abandon, to resign oneself to something else. What an awesome picture. In the midst of change and things we can't control, we can surrender the idea that we have ever had control in the first place to... To what? To whom? To the one who is always in control. And once we do so, our reaction now is to rest in the fact that we aren't in control and we let him do his work. This is a horrible example, perhaps, but I'm going to share it anyway, because it has stuck in my head. It's when I do, it's about doing laundry. When I do laundry, It's okay, but when I do laundry, honestly, almost every time I toss in the soap and the clothes and I shut the lid, I walk away thinking and sometimes saying, "Okay, do your work, so I don't have to." (laughs) It's not like I ever hand washed all or any of our clothes, but I'm recognizing that I can throw in something that's filthy, and later. Get it back clean because the machine is doing work on my behalf. I never once go upstairs and stop and say, oh my gosh, do you think my washer is spinning now correctly? Is it spinning? Do you think? Do you think it knows about wash cycles? Is it going to be hot? I mean, I pushed hot. Is it going to be hot or is it going to go to cold? What's it going to do? I mean, I push the cold button. Is it going to drain out when I get down there? Is it going to drain out? I never get worked up about this. I've relinquished my clothes to the washer. I've surrendered them to my maytag, knowing it is at work, which gives me the peace of mind to go on doing another task. And this is the way we can surrender to our unknowns and changes. We can bring them before the Lord. We surrender them to him. We dump them on him and trust him to do his work while we go about the daily tasks he has set before us. There is verse after verse after verse that talk about this. Some are so familiar, some not as much. We could here talk about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Listen with the idea of surrendering in the midst of change and unknown. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on what you think you know. It's a reference to control, right? Don't rely on what you think you know. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Another word can be give it to him, surrender to him, and he will direct your paths. Or we could read in 1 Peter 5, 7, where Peter's writing to the believers and he says, cast all your cares or your anxieties on him and he will care for you. That casting on, that throwing upon that's the surrendering. We surrender our anxiety as it relates to what's going to happen. I'm losing control. We surrender it to him. And the work he does in our behalf is gives us the peace. We can know he's caring for us. This morning, my daughter Greta read to me from Matthew 6 in verse 12, where it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? We surrender our worries. We give those to God. We let Him do the work. We don't get freaked out when we feel like we've lost control of our circumstances because, listen, they were never ours to control in the first place. Our circumstances are never ours to control in the first place. Instead, we trust, we surrender. And finally, The verse I'd like to finish with is found in Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is the invitation we have. If we are to follow Christ, Jesus tells his disciples. He told the disciples then, and he tells us as his disciples now, if you want to follow me, if you want to come after me, following me, deny your own agenda, deny your own interests, Deny these things. Surrender instead to God and His intentions and follow Him. Not follow the own path we've made for ourselves. Not try to control all that is around us. We surrender ourselves to God. Over these past few weeks, I have been reminded to practice this day after day after day. The unknown or change is a reminder to me that I am not in control and I am gonna react. Will I China Sea blew it? <laughs> or will I surrender any thoughts that I was ever in control in the first place to the one who is always so? I choose that. And with that, honestly comes peace that goes beyond understanding and grace that supersedes the need to control. Lord Jesus, you know my heart. You know what stories I'm in the middle of. You know what stories my friends are in the middle of. And Lord, we recognize we do not control the narrative. We are not in control, but we are so grateful to be loved by the one who is. May each one of us look at what's uncomfortable around us, look at what's freaking us out, and may we take this opportunity to recognize that we are not in control and to react not in a way that says, I want to be in control, but in a way that says, I am glad you are in control. I am. I am so glad you're in control. Thank you for who you are.